Hey, seasoned athletes, I'm Robin Leggett, and this is the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. And for the month of January, I am throwing it back to some of the most popular episodes of 2019. Seasoned Athlete is your home for inspiring stories and motivational advice from competitive athletes representing a wide variety of sports who all share one common bond. They are all over 40 years old. We are here to prove one story at a time that age does not have to prevent you from achieving your bold athletic and fitness goals. To learn more about this podcast and see show notes from this or any episode, visit seasonedathlete.me. And if you like what you hear, I would love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends, and leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. And if you really love us, You can support our ability to continue to bring inspirational stories to you by either a one-time donation or by becoming a monthly sponsor. Just go to seasonedathlete.me and click on one of the support seasoned athlete buttons to help support this DIY independent podcast. The episode I chose to re-air today was one of the most downloaded episodes of 2019, and it happens to feature a woman who has become a friend over the last year. She's someone I met while racing in the competitive age group division at Spartan Races in 2019. Perhaps she stood out to me because she was frequently on the podium, and often in the first place position. It's clear people connected with her story, so I wanted to share it again, especially for those who didn't get a chance to hear it in the first place. When I first aired this episode, she was the 2018 50-plus Spartan World Champion, and now she can add the 2019 Spartan 55-59 to Age Group World Champion title as well. Let's go back to episode 57 and reacquaint ourselves with a woman who goes by the over 50 Spartan on Instagram. This is Andrea Owen. Hi, Andrea. Hi, Robin. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Are you ready to drop some seasoned athlete knowledge on our listeners? Absolutely. Awesome. You are Andrea Owen, an Arizona-based wife, mother of three, and competitive obstacle course racer. In 2014, after a long hiatus from sports and athletics, you somewhat reluctantly ran your first Spartan race, and you were immediately hooked. You have since completed 79 Spartan races, along with a variety of other races. In the last five years of racing, you've earned nine Masters Elite podiums, multiple age group podiums. You came in first in the 2018 Spartan U.S. Championship Series, and you are the 2018 50 and over Spartan World Champion. In 2019 alone, you came, you have come in first or second in your age group in every single Spartan race you have run, and you are currently number one in the world in the women's 55 to 59 age group. Is there anything vital personally, professionally, or from your athletic life that you'd like to take a quick moment to fill in? No, I don't think so. Awesome. From here, I'm going to ask the big question that I ask all my guests, and that is, what is your age at this moment in time? I am 57. Let's start from the beginning. When did you start playing sports, and what did your early athletic life look like? Um, I started doing gymnastics when I was about eight or nine years old and continued competitively all the way um, through high school and some college. And then when did you, did you stop after college or did you continue doing anything beyond that? Um, uh, I stopped pretty much. I mean, I would go to the gym occasionally, um, go running occasionally, but nothing, um, where I was training for anything or doing anything real specific. So spending most of your early life from age eight through college pursuing athletic endeavors, what what was the reason that you stopped? Because it seems like that would be pretty ingrained in your life. What caused you to stop? Uh, life. <laughs> um, you know, uh, getting um, a job, working, 
Um, I was a buyer at Costco for many years, and then I met my husband and got married and had children. And uh, so just being very busy with uh, work and family. So you got into the family life thing, as many people do. Um, When did you... So this was fairly early, like you were in your 20s when you pretty much stopped competing, right? Right. And then was... The the Spartan race that you did in 2014, was that really like the first competitive thing you did after? Or were there any other like he- things here and there? Um, I think so. I don't remember that we ever did any 5Ks or any runs or anything. Um, no, I think that was pretty much the first competitive thing I'd done in a long time. So you were in your early 50s at that point? Yep. Oh, my goodness. So you went... <laughs> Like <laughs> 30 yeah, years, 30 years, pretty much. 30 um, years before it is competitive, yeah. Yeah. So how, tell me about how this came about, how you ended up running the Spartan race. Well, my son, who was a sophomore in high school at the time, got this wild hair and heard about Spartan and decided that he wanted to do it. And so he dragged me and my husband out to uh, the race out here in Phoenix Um, we stood and we watched him do it. And I thought, you are crazy. Why are you doing this? This is just nuts. I mean, I could not believe it. And I think that was in like February of 2014. And then, uh, he convinced me to start training. And I mean, I had been working out a little, doing some stuff at the gym and things like that. And he convinced me to try one. And that was, I believe it was in July of that year. Um, I started out with a, and I, I listened to Kim and she actually started with the same race. It was the Utah beast so, when it was a beast. So this is uh, Kim Cole we're talking about. Uh-huh. Who I interviewed uh, in a recent episode. Did you know her at the time or did you just happen to start? No, I've met her since then. I've become really good friends with her, but uh, no, but it was interesting listening to your podcast because when she said that, I went, oh my gosh. Oh, you <laughs> didn't was- know. You didn't know till you heard the podcast that you guys did the, your first race on the same day. It was different. She did it in 13 and I did it in 14, but yeah, I mean, go big or go home, right? Right. Right, right into a beast, which it's so funny because... You know, I'm a coach, I'm a trainer, and people come to me to run their first race. And most of them are like, what's the absolute shortest race I could do? Because everything <laughs> else is scary. And it's and what's also interesting is people I've interviewed for the show, I actually hear that story more frequently than you would think. When I interview runners, it's often like, yeah, my first race was a marathon, you know? And it's yeah. just, I think it speaks to the competitive personality and the driven personality that you would be more open to run a really, really tough race as your first race. And it probably speaks to what kind of competitor you have become. Yeah, and it was, we ran open, you know, I ran with my husband. and I remember I was so scared because I was so afraid of every obstacles and everything. And I started out, I probably ran within the first half mile and then that competitive juices, you know, kicked in and I was like, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't take long. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about those competitive juices. So... What was it in that first race that that connected with you? You know, you're in your early fifties. You haven't done anything competitive in thirty years. What was what was set off in your brain that led to you now seventy nine races later? Um, led to you kind of starting down this new path? Um, I wasn't the running because I've never been a really great runner and never really enjoyed running that much. I think it was the obstacles. It was just the combination of the running and the obstacles and being from a gymnastics background. Um, you know, the obstacles kind of felt pretty natural. Mm -hmm. 
um, for me. I mean, yeah, I had to learn, you know, technique on some things and I had to learn how to do it because most of those obstacles just require technique. And um, I also was, I've always been very strong, um, I think, from the gymnastics. So um, it just, I got done and I remember the slipball being at the end and being super muddy and just struggling to get over it. But I got done and it was just like, yeah, I'll do that again. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, I guess. So um, when did you transition into more of a competitive Spartan athlete? Um, gosh, I don't even remember. I don't think I ran that many open. I think I, my son, um, again, who was always pushing me. Um, he's a good athlete himself. Um, I think he convinced me, he goes, Oh no, mom, you need to run elite. You need to, you know, cause back then they didn't have a, even a competitive wave. They either, you either ran open or you ran elite. Mm-hmm. And I transitioned into that pretty quickly once I started training and running and, um, you know, I felt more comfortable and they had the master's elite. So, um, you know, that was a place that I felt like, okay, maybe I can do halfway decent here. And then how long before you ended up on your first master's elite podium? Oh gosh. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. I'm uh, asking the tough questions now, looking deep into yeah. your history. Actually, I'm looking at my plaques. They're on my wall right now. My daughter's looking because they have dates on them. Yeah, it's all dated. Your history is right in front of you. I know my history. Um, it looks like 2017. Okay. So it took a, a few years before you got that first plaque. Um, 16. It might have been 16. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, yeah. my first one was in 16, actually, because okay. that's so when they about- gave the out. Yeah. So I got, I got a couple years and you started hitting podiums and it sounds like that's just something that has become a part of your life ever since. Um, and so let's talk about that. You, you know, you, you took a 30 year hiatus from any sort of competition. You found this new sport. It connected with you in a couple of ways. It kind of reignited the passion that you felt as a gymnast back in your early years. Um, and you, and you, pushed and you drove yourself and then you landed on your first podium and you've just proceeded to pretty much dominate um particularly in the master's category and now in your age group now that there's age groups in spartan Mm -hmm. race and age group competition you're absolutely dominating in your age group you were the you know 2018 spartan world champion u.s championship series champion you are number one in the 2019 u.s championship series you're usually first place um so you've just been dominating in your age group. What do you think is the key to your success in this style of competition? Um, I don't know. I think it's, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess I just really enjoy it. Um, like I said, you know, a straight up running race, I just dread and I do a few of them a year just um, to see what my times are like for a half marathon or whatever. Um, but I think the combination and the trail running, cause I enjoy the trails um, and then the obstacles and I just love the people and the Spartan family, the people that I've met. Um, you know, I go to, I go to different cities and, and I see people that I, you know, that I've met, I've met, made some really good friends and, um, it's just been really fun. Yeah. And I agree with you on that. Like it's, it's such a wonderful community and vibe and it's, it's kind of cool to be in a sport where no matter where you go, no matter how far from home you are, you know, people, like you and I ended up uh, racing in Chicago recently and, you know, I'm in California, you're in Arizona. I didn't know if I'd know anybody out there. You probably didn't yeah. know if you'd know anybody out there. Nope. And then nope. we ran into each other out there and it's like, I, it doesn't matter where I go. I've raced in West Virginia. You know, I know yeah. people out mm-hmm. there. Oh, you're going you're gonna to see people that you, you know, you're going to find people there that you know. 
Yeah. And then you meet people along the way that, you know, that's how you and I met. And that's how you and Kim met. And that's how Kim and I met. And, you know, you meet people along the way that you just see in starting corrals over and over again. And you know that they're either your competition or or they're, you know, in a nearby age group and you all can connect about that. Well, in fact, my daughter lives in Florida. So we go to the Florida races and, and her and her fiance have run races and my daughter that lives here and her and her husband have done races, my son and my husband. So, I mean, it's become a whole family type thing. And that's yeah. been really, that's really cool. It's really cool to be able to connect with your family in this sort of athletic environment um, and share this thing together. Um, and so, yeah, just kind of reiterating what you touched on. Uh, the thing that really stood out in my head is actually that you, you just said you have fun. Like, um, yeah. You, you know, you enjoy it. And I think that's key is, you know, finding this thing that you love and you enjoy and that you want to do and you want to train for uh, yeah. can help you become successful in it. Mm -hmm. So let's take a moment to talk about some of the highs and lows of your competitive career now that you have ignited it or reignited it. Can you take us back to what you would consider to be your worst competitive moment, your hardest day? Um, the race that you would prefer to forget or the moment in a race that you, you would like to move on from is just anything like that. Um, believe it or not. I mean, when I, it took me a while to think about this because of course we all have good days. We have bad days. You know, we have races we think we could have done better. or We missed an obstacle that we shouldn't, but I mean, it was funny because just big bear this last year, I just, um, I think the altitude, it was a little bit cold and I started out, you know, you know how it went straight up the hill to start with yep, yep, and, yep. and I pushed too hard and I literally, you know, a half mile, mile in, I mean, it was the first time ever in my mind. I thought I might DNF. I mean, I could not breathe. I was just dying and you probably know how that felt. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, and I, you know, and I pushed my, I mean, literally, I mean, I can't remember a time that I thought, wow, you could DNF. Um, I didn't, I pushed through and I remember getting, you know, I finally getting up over and getting to the twister, which was a three part twister. And I did make it across though. I got off that and I was just dying. I mean, I was literally seeing stars and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, what is wrong with me? And I got to the box and an obstacle I normally make, and I didn't make it. And I had to do that darn penalty loop, which was straight uphill. And I was just like, are you kidding me? And then I got to that wall, which seemed like it was about 20 feet. Oh, the eight foot wall that wasn't. Yeah. The eight that. foot wall that wasn't. And I tried that five or six times, could knock it over it and sat there doing my burpees, just feeling very dejected, just like, you know, missing obstacles that I don't miss. Mm -hmm. And I pushed myself along and it was funny because about, I don't know, five, six miles in, I ran into a friend of mine. Um, and we started running together. And at that point it just changed my whole attitude. And I remembered why I was doing this because we ran together the rest of the race. I didn't push like I would normally push. I just had fun. And we went through it. We finished it. We cheered each other on. We got to the finish line and you know, it was, it, it, it almost brought just back all of a sudden it was like, this is really great. This is fun. And I just, so what started out, I thought was going to be just the most miserable race of my life. And turned into a really fun and positive experience. So that was really cool. Yeah, I love how you turn that around. And it's it's interesting to me, you know, hearing you talk about just like, you know, failing things that you don't expect to fail and mm -hmm. how that affected you emotionally. And you go in with a level of expectation, particularly when you're used to a level of success. Right. Um, you go in with an expectation like this is easy. I've got this. And when you don't, it's like, 
what is wrong? And it's easy to kind of fall into a mental spiral. And in that race in particular, like the mental game is probably more important than the physical game in certain ways. Like if Uh you let your mind go into a dark place or self-defeating place, it can be hard to get out of that. And that will affect your race. And so it's interesting to hear about kind of that little spiral. And I remember experiencing that actually in Chicago last year um, when I first experienced the mud of Chicago that we also (laughs) had this year, Um, but just failing obstacles that I shouldn't be failing and having that just spiral on top of each other. Um, So I've been in that moment, but it was really, it's really cool that you were able to connect with somebody, find a friend and remember why you're out there in the first place. And you know, why you, you know what big bear is about. Everybody talks about Big Bear with with a level of dread. And you yeah. so it's like, you know what you're getting into and you know, it's a level of suffering, but there's a reason why you do it. There's a reason why well, you do I, these things. I did it last year and I don't remember the altitude affecting me quite the way it did this year. I don't know why, but I just it was just hard to get my breathing right. And it was just yeah, it was a struggle. Yeah. You know, I, I had a, I, altitude doesn't affect me that much, but this year what I noticed was like finishing obstacles and like jumping down from a monkey bar or jumping down from the twister and just feeling my heart rate just stay uh-huh. elevated, you know, and it's like, you know, I can't run right now. You know, I just jumped down from an obstacle and it's like, I can't run right now. My heart rate's beating. My heart's beating. I felt that way after that three part twister that went uphill. Yeah. 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 And so I definitely experienced that more this year than I remember in previous years. And so, and I, and I've been hearing that story from other people. So I don't know. I don't know what that was all about, but it, you weren't alone in that so yeah yeah. so that was I mean honestly that was probably I don't know that I've ever thought of DNFing ever mm -hmm, in a race before and that was the first one where I was just like I can't do this (laughs) yeah and once you start thinking that way it's hard to get out of thinking that way Mm -hmm. but I'm glad you were able to find your way out and you know connect with somebody and remember the fun of it and and turn your race around completely and um and how did you finish that race uh, I finished first. Okay. So, so it worked out okay. <laughs> yeah, it worked out okay. I was really shocked because when I came down through the the uh, rig, uh, they were starting the age group awards. And I thought, oh, wow, I must have come in like last because they're starting age group awards. And you know how they are about waiting until they look at all the tapes and all that kind yeah. of stuff. I thought, how could they be possibly starting these right now? So, yeah. And then I got and my husband yelled at me and he goes, no, I think you're first. And I was like, really? <laughs> I'm not they were just kidding. like, were they just talking really slow until they got to the 55 to 59? It's like, let's no, just. I mean, I was done by the time they got to my age group because I was just coming down when they were starting. I was just coming off the rig. So I just had the rig and the barbed wire crawl. But still, I was just like, wow, what's going on? You know, <laughs> right. I remember that because I was still on the course as well. And I heard it. And I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm not getting a podium. And uh, for me, it was fifth place. But I'm glad that for you, it was first. Um, so <laughs> you got in just in time to grab your medal and get on the podium. Yes. So um, on the other side, tell me about your favorite event, your best event, your best race. Probably Worlds last year, winning the World Championships. I mean, that's always a big deal, right? I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, that's like the, the culmination of the whole year. And it was real exciting to be able to win that. And then it was just 50 plus. So that was really cool. That's probably one of my best moments. Um. One other thing that I wanted to mention, too, that we actually I went to Australia. Um, my husband actually planned an anniversary trip. We went to Australia and we did the bright trifecta there. And that was really fun. How cool. Tell, uh, and what were the what were some differences in a race in Australia that maybe you don't see here? 
Um, the obstacles. They have a few different obstacles there um, that are really fun that I wish they'd bring to the U.S. Um, they had this thing called the castle where you climb up. Um, uh, you climb up and then it kind of goes, I don't know how to describe it. It goes up and then it kind of jets out and you have to kind of go over this ridge and up over the top. And it was really fun. And the people there were amazing. And um, But that's in a lot of busy videos. If you look up the castle, I think a lot of people have requested. I don't know why they don't bring it here, but... Yeah. Other than that, a lot of it was the same. Um, you know, it was the same kind of obstacles and terrain and um but the people were great and met the race director there and it was really fun. What a, what an amazing experience to get to do that too. Yeah, my husband planned it all. He planned it with the that Spartan in mind. So <laughs> you know, it's like you get to a certain point in doing this that that's what your vacations look like, right? It's like I'm gonna all go. I want to visit the city or I want to go see my family, but I'm going to do it when there's a race. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So you've been super successful and achieved podiums in a variety of race lengths from the Spartan Sprint, which is typically three to five miles, all the way to earning a second place Masters Elite podium in the 30 mile Spartan Ultra Race. Why do you think it is that you're able to do well and excel in all these different race lengths? Uh, I don't know. Um, Because running... Uh, I don't know. Running isn't my strength. I, you know, I try to catch people on the obstacles more than anything. I, I feel like my strength and obstacles helps me a lot. Yeah. Um, but uh, so actually um, the runners races, which is, which I consider to be the sprints because those are where the little sprinters come out and they run and it's usually flat and they can, they can do the obstacles. Um, I tend to not do as well. I tend to do well in the longer races because I can outlast people, I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, you and I are similar in that way. Like for me, it, it takes a little while for my little legs to get going. And, uh-huh. uh, exactly. you know, it takes me a few miles to warm up. And so for me, it's it's consistency and endurance that gets me through more than being the fastest. Uh-huh. Um, so I, you have to just go fast. Yeah. Sprint, you don't, you don't have time for legs to rev their engines. You know, you don't have time for your legs to warm up. You have to go and especially stadium sprints, which are the shortest. Um, you yeah, have that to just I really enjoy it. I did that last weekend here in Phoenix and I had a blast. I love the stadiums. I think they are so much fun because those are stairs. So that's not yeah, really that's sprinting true. so much, but um, I think those are a blast. They are a lot of fun, but it's like you're operating in a really high heart rate the entire time. So oh, yeah. you got to be oh, able yeah. to withstand that. Um, yeah. So speaking of race lengths, so what race length or what type of race is your favorite and why? Um, Probably the Super or the Beast are my favorites just because they're longer races and I have a chance of I tend to get faster as the miles go on. Yeah. Um, like you said, starting out a little bit slower. Um, but being able to, once I get warmed up and get going, I tend to be able to pick up some speed. Um, also ones with hills and, um, mountains, I tend to do better just cause I can, um, power hike with the best of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're not flat where everybody's sprinting and doing a six minute pace. So, right. um, the ultra, I hope to do another ultra this year. Um, I really enjoyed that too. I was really nervous, but it was really fun. Yeah. I'm doing my first ultra in October. Uh, so what advice do you have for me for that <laughs> or for anyone doing that? You know, the best advice that was given to me from an, uh, one of the elite Spartans is, um, you know, pace yourself. Don't try to go out there, you know, going really fast. He said, you know, we talked about like paces and say, okay, this is your fast pace. This is, you know, try to keep it at this pace the whole time, even though you're going to feel like you need to go faster, you know, keep it this pace. Also, um, 
nutrition. And that took me a while to learn was, um, you know, taking on some of the longer races, some nutrition out with me, making sure I have my camelback on the longer ones with some nutrition in there and actually drinking it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's so funny. That, that's actually been something I've done pretty well with. Um, like there, I had my nutrition locked down. I had myself on a schedule. And so I actually felt pretty right. good the whole time, but a lot of people don't know what to do or, or they wait till they're hungry before they take something in. And usually that's a little late. Um, but yeah, yeah, the more you can learn about the sort of preparedness level of a race beyond just the training, but what to bring with you, what to wear and what to eat and drink like that can take you that that could take you so much farther than just focusing on training. Oh, especially on ultra. Cause you come into the transition and, and, you know, having the right food there, you know, to eat. And like I was told, change your socks, change your shoes, no matter what, always, you know, do that. No, even if you don't feel like you need to yeah. and little things like that, um, because that's your halfway point and you've already done, you know, 15 miles. Uh, so, you know, just little things like that, but like, I think nutrition and just pacing myself was a big thing. Awesome. Awesome. So hopefully some people listening beyond just me. I love when I get selfish on the podcast and just ask for advice for myself, but hopefully some people listening are considering doing something like that. And that's great advice for them as well. Yeah. So last year you were invited to to the first ever that I know of Spartan Combine. Can you Mm -hmm. talk about what that event was all about, how you were able to get involved and what the experience was like for you? Wow. That was, that was, uh, you know, that was actually, that was very flattering. It was an invite, you know, you got invited to do that. And so I was there with, you know, some amazing athletes, a lot of the pros and, um, you know, the top elites that were there and all the top age group people were there. Um, it was probably one of the most challenging things I've ever done because they really put you through the paces there was like six or seven different, um, events, which combined a little bit of running, um, strength, uh, just all kinds of things. And it went from, you know, eight in the morning until I think we finished at like five at night and we really didn't stop. I mean, other than in between the different events that we did. And I mean, it pushed you real hard by the last one. And then they, they made it, you know, shortest to longest. So by the last thing we did at the end of the day was actually the longest one. so they pushed you and I think they were just trying to see how far they could push and um but it was it was awesome it was um it was really neat I was out there uh this was in Laughlin Nevada I was out there for the race and I was out there they have you know an open house where people can come and try obstacles and I went out to the open house and that was probably at the tail end of or in the either the mid no it was probably the midpoint of of your combine and I remember hearing about the combine and they're like yeah it'll probably be over by the time the open house happens oh, and no, it was just it was like dark. three to five in the afternoon and i was like they are not done <laughs> i saw you guys just still going at it and um and it was super impressive just watching watching you go through the obstacles and watching the the different events that they were putting you all through it looked really intense but from the videos that i saw and from the stuff i saw in person um but really really cool so um what an amazing experience to to get to be a part of Oh yeah, no, it was really cool. Like it was dark by the time we finished. So yeah. And then, and then you race that weekend as well? No, I didn't. I didn't because I had family coming into town for Thanksgiving and I mean, I wasn't even going to do Laughlin. And the only reason we ended up going was because I got invited to the combine and I really wanted to do it. So we went that drove in the night before and drove out right afterwards. Oh wow. Just one, one amazing crazy day. Yeah. (laughs) But cool, but really cool. It was worth it. It was really worth it. It was really fun. 
Yeah, I hope they continue to do it or something like that. It would be it would be good to see that sort of become a regular thing in an yeah. annual event. So, uh, what types of unique challenges do you find you encounter as an older athlete comp- training and competing at the high level that you do? Um, I think not overtraining. I tend to want to go gung ho and you know and and wanting to you know not have rest days and um, you know just go 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 go. Like I feel guilty if I don't you know, train, if I take a day off, it's like, oh, I should be doing something. So I think, um, you know, being disciplined, um, as far as your training is concerned and realizing your strengths and your weaknesses. And like, I had some Achilles problems all last year and I kind of continue to have them. So I have to be careful on my running and the mileage and I have to listen to my body. You know, if something hurts, I have a a physical therapist who knows me very well. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good thing to have. (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, if I have something that doesn't feel quite right, I'll go and talk to him about it to try to nip it in the bud before it becomes something. So I I feel like I've been extremely lucky, um, you know, for the last five years and the amount of miles and the amount of training that I've done to stay healthy. But yeah, it's interesting talking about discipline in regards to not most people when they talk about discipline, they talk about discipline to train. And to actually do your workouts and yours is sort of the opposite. It's the discipline of when to pull back. Um, and that's, that's yeah. just a unique perspective that you don't hear all the time. And my son is always pushing me always. So it sounds like, like that's oh, been the MO from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, what got you into this mess. <laughs> so continues to push me going, Oh, come on, mom, you can do it. Oh, come on, mom. You should be running a leap. <laughs> you know? Okay, mom, you should be running more miles. Why aren't you running today? <laughs> and, and how old is he now? He is 21. So, yeah, he's got the brain of a 21-year-old and the body of a 21-year-old. And it's like, yes, that's cool. But, you know, I'm I'm in my 50s and I have to keep that in mind, even though you're very healthy. Uh, you're probably one of the most fit people in your age group that is out there. Um, but you have to know how to maintain that and how to keep that going. And for, for people who are a little bit older, it really is recovery and maintenance a lot of the time. So yeah, having people ask me, you know, how, how much longer are you going to do this? And I'm just like, well, as long as my body will let me, <laughs> I hear that story a lot on this podcast. It's like, as long as my, and that's my story too, as long as my body will let me, I will keep doing this. So I, I love that perspective. So on the other side, um, what kinds of things have you discovered to be benefits that come along with what is considered to be an older athlete? Like what has gotten easier for you? Um, probably, you know, like, um, being able to travel and being able to go to these different, races. Um, you know, my husband has a job, he owns his own business. And so we're flexible a lot and being, and being able to travel and being able to go to these different venues, I think is, um, you know, benefit of being older rather than, you know, a lot of people are young and have kids and families and, and you just don't have time yeah, or might yeah, necessarily or money, yeah. be able to do it. And so I think that's, that's been nice. Um, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. And it's interesting because that's the next question I was going to ask you, actually, Um, because it's something I talked to Kim Cole about uh, because she travels all over the place. Like she goes to every single U.S. National Series race. And this year, this year for Spartan World Championship qualification, you know, they ask they want you to go to all five U.S. National Series races. And those races are all over the country. And most people who are in their 40s and 50s can't necessarily or 30s can't necessarily go all over the country can't uh-huh. go from California to Florida to Alabama to Seattle. Um, and right. so I, you know, I look at my age group and I actually went in and looked and it's like a lot of the people in my age group 
can't go to aren't going to more than two races. Um, right. But Kim, Kim, as an example, um, is going to at least four, I think, if not I mean, all of them. Four, yeah, she didn't go. To, she's like me. She didn't go to Alabama. Neither one of us did Alabama. Yeah. But you're still going to, to four of the five, right? Yeah, because I'm going to do Utah. Um, I don't need to. I qualified for Worlds this year because I, I won last that. year. So I got. Ah, I didn't know if that was how I saw your post about that. And I didn't know if yeah. it was because you have so many points at this point that nobody can no. t- kick you out of the top or no. if there was another reason. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool. why, because I got I got a pass on that. So instead of doing West Virginia this year, which I did last year, I'm going to do Hawaii. So. Oh, well, that's nice. Like, yeah. It gives you the opportunity to travel somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I, um, I asked her about the travel because I know our listeners who are in this world, that's something that they're really curious about is like, how do you get to do all this traveling? And so you actually already just, just answered that, that you mm-hmm. just, you have a little more flexibility in that, um, in work. And, right. and are, and are your kids all grown at this point? Yeah, they're all grown. And my youngest is my 21 year old and he's at ASU. So, um, yeah, they're all out of the house and doing their own thing. So, yeah. And that's something to think about for people who are, you know, they are at a point where their kids have all moved out and they're empty nesters and maybe looking for a new hobby. And this could, this could be something. And I hear this story with people I've interviewed a lot of triathletes in particular, because of the amount of training that goes into triathlon, like that's something that people start once their kids have all moved out because it's like, well, now I can do these like really long brick training sessions that I couldn't do when they were younger. Um, so, so yeah, thanks for answering my question before I even was able to ask it. (laughs) (laughs) It's very convenient. Um, but I think it's helpful for people. I think people do need to hear like, because, Age group athletes in Spartan aren't being paid. And I think that's the distinction. Like elite athletes will make the time and create the ability to travel, even if it's not convenient in their lives because they are competing for prize money. Age group, age group athletes are not competing for prize money. So it's a little tougher. Um, But so any way you can figure out how to make it work to, to qualify for what you want to qualify for, even if you don't need to anymore, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, is helpful. So, um, what advice would you give to someone who maybe around your age has entertained the idea of maybe trying a spark race or another type of obstacle race, but may find it intimidating or out of your league, which is something you probably felt when you started this. What advice would you have? Um, well, I would train for it. Um, I see people out on sometimes the Spartan races. I feel like they just kind of, you know, willy nilly decide to do it and they're not ready to do it. So, I mean, I think I would investigate it a little. I would try to start, doing some running, maybe going to a gym. Um, you know, I tell people, cause people ask me all the time, well, what do I need to do, you know, to be able to do one of these races? And I said, well, um, you know, there's gonna be some running, start with a sprint. I, I always advise starting with a sprint. <laughs> Forget what I did. <laughs> Forget what start I did. A, yeah. And start with a sprint and, um, you know, do some running, you know, definitely do a little bit of training for it. I wouldn't advise just going and especially if you haven't been athletic your whole life. Um, I would, I would say you should go and, and go to the gym and start doing some weights and, you know, grip strength and arm strength and, and things like that, but go for it. I mean, it's fun and, you know, just go out there to have fun. Um, go with some friends. Um, there's lots of Facebook groups now and that people can look at and join and kind of get ideas on training and, um, and it's easier when you're doing it with a friend or doing it with a bunch of friends or your family, go with your kids, get your kids out there. Um, it's just, it's a fun family activity as well. I mean, that's how I started. It was because of my family. So, 
Yeah, it's such a great way to bond with family and and be able to share something that could become a passion for all of you. I've met people like I have a client who now races, you know, his his kids do the kids races and he races Mm -hmm. the adult races. And it's like it's it's cool because he could pursue his passion, but not just leave. You know, It's like, I'm going to yeah. go do this race and you all stay home. No, they all come with him. They can do it as well. And it becomes a shared passion, which makes well, it yeah. My, my grandson who's six has already, you know, he started doing uh, Spartan races when he was four. So nice. generational <laughs> now. That's right. He's doing Spartan. He loves Spartan. He loves the terrain races. You know, he goes to any of the local ones that we've got here. We, we take him to those and he races them and he has a great time. So How fun. And I, you know, you talk about fun. I think that's just been a common through line in everything you've mentioned in this interview is like, don't freak out about how you do if it's your first race. Just go to have a good time. If you have fun, you'll want to do it again. When I, when I run with my clients, I want to make sure that they have a good time. Like above all, I want to make sure that they had a great experience and have a good time because they're more likely to want to do it again if they had fun with it. And I think that's, that's really key. And for you in your toughest competitive moment, the moment you turned it around and started having fun with it, you, you changed your race. Um, Yeah. And so that can really just set the tone for anybody's experience. And for all of people, get your kids out there. I mean, it's, you know, like I said, when I was in Florida, I ran with my, my daughter and her fiance, you know, I ran my race. I did, we did the sprint and I ran elite in the morning and then I ran with them in an open wave and just had a blast. I mean, we just went through it all together and, and it was just super fun. It's, it's, it's fun every now and then, especially as a competitive athlete to just turn those competitive juices off yep. and just have fun. Yes, I totally agree with that. And it's just, you know, nothing like healthy bonding, like healthy fitness-based bonding with your family. Like, you know, there's nothing better than that. So before we go, do you have one parting piece of wisdom that you've learned in your competitive journey that you would like to share with our listeners? I don't know. I mean, especially for older listeners, you know, like for 40 plus, 50 plus, um, you know, staying active and healthy, um, I think is important. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to be one of those people when I get to be 70 or 80 sitting around doing nothing. I think the more active you are, the more healthier you're going to be, the more you're gonna be able to do. Um, so I just think, uh, just getting out and, and having fun and finding something that you really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Find an active endeavor that speaks to you, that you have fun with and could become your passion and drives you to continue doing it is yeah. basically that's the story. That's your story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't use age as an excuse. I think that's yes. a big one. You know what? Age is just a number as they say, right? Yeah. I actually go one farther. I like to say age is not just a number. It's an asset that it can be an yeah. advantage. When I'm out racing, I don't feel like I'm 57. I mean, I feel like I, you know, I'm mad at myself because, well, why can't why didn't I beat that 30 year old, you know? And <laughs> it's, I, guess, you know, I don't feel like it. Right. Yeah. I get the impression that your brain feels younger than you are. Yes. Yes. I think so. <laughs> and that's, you know, and as you mentioned, that could be your downfall sometimes because your brain's like, I don't need to recover. And your body's like, yes, I do. But uh, style. people ask me how old I am and I almost don't want to say it because I'm like, no, I'm not really that old. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? No one would expect it either. And so that's why it's, I, I, I'm of the school of like proudly proclaim your age because you want to surprise people with that. And you want to show people that what 57 can do. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that's important as people get older to not believe that some certain things are out of their reach or not available to them because they're a certain age. And you're here to show that you can be 57 years old and just dominate at a sport. And you and you weren't playing sports your entire life. You took a 30 year break, (laughs) (laughs) 30 year break. I think people are going to be surprised to hear that. We need more 50 year old, 50 plus year old women out there for sure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We got to we got to bolster the competition for you. Yeah. There. Yeah. So finally, if someone wants to learn more about you, how can they do that? Where can where can people connect with you online or on social media? Uh, over 50 Spartan on my Instagram. And, That's easy enough. and yep. then my Facebook. I mean, I have I didn't always like my Facebook was kind of my private one. It's kind of now turned into Spartan because I've had so many people want to be friends and whatnot on it. So now my, my even my Facebook is kind of turned in. I mean, that's under Andrea Owen, you know, simple as that. Um, but you know, some people, not everybody's on Instagram. Some people are on Facebook. And so at first I was going to keep that kind of private, just family, but it's kind of grown to be more than that. So, yeah, you know, it, it happens in the Spartan community. And as you become more well-known in the Spartan community, people definitely want to connect and, and especially older athletes, not all, not everybody who's of a certain age is on Instagram. Instagram is sort of the millennial platform. As my children would tell me, nobody uses Facebook anymore, mom. Yeah, no, Facebook is for, for moms and grandmas. <laughs> now yep. that's, and every marketing, you know, seminar I attend, it's like, yeah, the basically like 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s and beyond use Facebook and like nobody in their 20s uses Facebook. <laughs> but exactly. so if you want to connect with people in your age group, in your demographic, or if they want to connect with you, they are probably more likely to be on Facebook. Um, yeah. But more and more of us are on Instagram as well. Uh, so over 50 Spartan on Instagram, Andrea Owen on Facebook. Andrea, thank you so much for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. As a Spartan age group athlete myself, I've had the honor of getting to know other over 40 and in your case, over 50 Spartan age group athletes. And it just continues to reaffirm how amazing this community is. I've had the pleasure of racing alongside you. And um, if we're being real, getting passed by you multiple times. <laughs> Let's yeah. be real. Oh, Chicago was fun. I mean, we had fun. We had fun. You know, you were talking about it's like it takes me a while to get my legs going and I do well on the hills. And then when it's not just like a flat out speed race and in both Chicago and Big Bear, you know, we had the hills in Big Bear and we had the mud in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You hit that stride and it was about midway through uh, uh, in each of those races where you passed me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's like you, you hit you hit that moment where your juices were flowing just right. And that's that's when you get me in those races. But it inspires me to push hard on the course and do my best to keep up with you. Uh, so I want to thank you for doing what you do out there, being a positive representative for athleticism in women over 50 and for being on the Season Athlete Podcast. Oh, well, you're welcome. And it was good. I'll see you in Utah, right? I will see you in Utah. Absolutely. All right, seasoned athletes, here are my top takeaways from Andrea Owen. Number one, if you want to try a new sport, do it with friends. It's a great way to reduce or remove the intimidation factor from something that may seem challenging or scary at the outset and an amazing opportunity to bond with your friends or even your family or your spouse. Number two, sometimes there's a fine line between how old we are and how old we feel. The more active we are, the younger we feel. But we still need to be mindful of our bodies as we age, even as we live an active lifestyle. So be sure to make recovery a priority so that you can act as young as your brain thinks you are. And number three, it doesn't matter if you've never played sports before. It doesn't matter if you've taken a 30-year hiatus from doing anything competitive. 
it's never too late to get out there and try something new. You never know. You might find your new passion. And like Andrea, you may just be really good at it. Thanks again to Andrea Owen. Thank you for listening to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast. The music you heard in this episode is from someone who is out of this world, Jason Achilles. Learn more about him at jasonachilles.com. Seasoned athletes, it's time to make your game plan for 2020 because not only is this a new year, it's a new decade. And I have declared this to be the decade of ageless. To help you jumpstart your own decade of ageless, I am making time available for a complimentary age like an athlete strategy call with you. This is an opportunity to get some one-on-one coaching from me to help you get clarity on what you want to achieve and an action plan to get there. I have limited spots available, so if you want to grab one, go to seasonedathlete.me and click on the bar at the top of the page to book your call. It is time to take action on this decade of ageless. So go out and embrace your extraordinary, my fellow seasoned athletes, because you so can.